from Mediguild, this is Tea Brief. We're Bells, Nikki, and Noah. It just sounds like you're looking for an excuse to get out of your social commitments. <laughs> you don't need to lock down the entire bloody city for that to happen. You just need to learn how to say no. <laughs> N- Nikki, you got to be assertive. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think this is a me problem, not a public yeah. health problem. Okay, we get it. <laughs> Three med students who debrief from our week over a nice cup of tea. Today we're drinking Twining's Cranberry and Pomegranate um, based on a recommendation by at Doctors of Australia from Instagram. Um, what are our initial thoughts? Bells <laughs> is just taking the world's longest sip at the moment. It's hot. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Um, I like that it's fruity. I like that it's almost slightly sour. Like it's got that pomegranate yeah. sourness it to it. It does have tart. that sourness to it. I really mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I enjoy how sour and like the tang is perfect. It's like it's a reflection of your personality. Bell. Okay, this is not how it works. Uh, we roast you. <laughs> you don't roast us. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> I like it. It's nice. I think it'd go quite well with honey. Really? I have not tried adding anything to it. It's like a really nice warm juice. I'm just a big fan of honey and pomegranates. I find a lot of herbal teas, they don't smell like they taste, and it's very underwhelming when you taste it, but this I enjoy. Well, thank you, Doctors of Australia. This was an excellent tea recommendation. I think it's one of our favourites that we've had on this show. Genuinely so wild that we got a DM from Doctors of Australia. (laughs) I'm just saying it now. And they told us what tea to drink. <laughs> we'll do whatever we you say, it. Doctors of Australia. <laughs> and it was okay. We love you. <laughs> Alrighty, well, how's everyone's week's been? Chaotic. Ah, classic. So I've had my first week of anesthetics and like was just busy doing the anesthetics thing as well as doing the teaching thing because I teach part-time as a TA. Um, and yeah, anesthetics is wild. They let me just like work the ventilation for a bunch of payment patients before like getting before like intubating them this morning i was uh, doing the uh bag mask on a patient like making sure that their oxygen was coming up real high and then they hand me the laryngoscope and it's just like i've never intubated someone before and it's just like let's do it bruh <laughs> what <laughs> first time for everything and that's how it happened i didn't actually successfully intubate the patient because it's just like i i have no idea i mean yeah, there's a first for everything. And, you know, if at first you don't succeed, well, hopefully the next time you succeed. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I was handed one was on rural, as it always happens to be the first time you do these things. And I couldn't see, like, I wasn't tall enough to see where it was going. And I did it somehow. Wait, 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 no. Can we just pause? Can, can, Nikki, can you tell everyone how tall you no, are? No, you can barely talk. I have a solid 15 <laughs> centimeters on Nikki. That doesn't say much. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Guys, I'm 146.5 centimeters. That's not five foot if you're trying to like work out how tall I am while you're driving to <laughs> placement. We have checked it as four eight. Now Noah, how tall are you? I'm five foot one. Whew. See, you win. Very tall. Mm. That's like the goal. At least be I do five win. foot one. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't see anything and I got it in somehow. Nice. And then I was like, oh, so how do you know where you're going? And they're like, oh, you just look. And I was like, oh, I couldn't see it. And the face, the face of this anaesthetist being like, holy shit, what if I just let her do? And then I never did it again. The anaesthetist that I was talking to today, like we were chatting about like ways to do it. And she said that sometimes like she can't actually visualize it properly because of whatever reason. So she'll just like go f- like do by yeah, touch. Fair enough. I think that's what I did. <laughs> Maybe. As it happens and if it works, it works. As long as you didn't get the esophagus. Yes. 
that is very true. So fun fact, kids, you shouldn't intubate the esophagus because then you're just going to get air into the stomach. Air goes into your lungs, people. Thank you, Dr. Bells, for that very insightful uh, lesson. This is the second episode you're mansplaining something. <laughs> See, I say it like this because <laughs> I say mansplaining. I'm more laughing at myself because of the dumb shit that I've said. What did I say last week? You mansplained oncology. Nice. Nice, yeah. Killing it. <laughs> Noah, how's your week been? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been better. I've had better weeks. Um, I'm neck deep in a research project that doesn't really have a very strong backing and is also going extraordinarily slowly. And I'm kind of like basically just feeling in the dark trying to get it done. What's the project again? It's on syphilis. Uh, babies with syphilis. Nice. Baby syphilis? Yeah, fetal, fetal syphilis. And that's all I'm going to say. Oh, this is this is not a good one because it's one of the torch infections. It is one of the torch infections, but Oof. there's like no data because the women that are at highest risk of having fetal syphilis or like their babies having fetal syphilis are also the women that don't present oh. antenatal care. Yeah, that's really hard. So there's no data. Did you know that going into it or was this a realization as it came out? That, nope, that's... Pretty much the major conclusion of the study. <laughs> when is that not the conclusion? Like, it's always, we need more data. Yep. I did a similar... What were you saying, Val? No, I'm just, I'm just thinking how relevant it was, and it was just like, kind of not really, it just like relates to research and just like thinking about an idea and how it could be a really cool idea, but then when you actually think about the problem some more, it's just like, no, this doesn't make sense. Yeah, I wish I, wish I had realised that before I was 12 weeks into of it. Of a 15-week project. Out of a 15-week project, yes. At least there's only three weeks left. That's true. That's true. That is true. But I, I do have to ask, though, like, what about all the medical students who have to do this because it's compulsory as part of the program at Uni Melb? What about the ones who don't know what they want to do with their future? They don't know their specialisation yet. Do they just pick random ones and then hope it'll be useful? Ah, so the way it works is you have you, – it's a preference system. So there's five – you get, like, five or so preferences. Uh, mm-hmm. I, knowing me, and this is very in keeping with what you'd expect of me, I wrote obstetrics, gynecology, perinatal medicine, maternal fetal medicine, (laughs) (laughs) gyne-onc as my uh, five preferences. Nice. And And you got your fourth. Yeah, I got got my fourth. Um, But they're basically all the same. Um, But other people would have written, like, surgery or like nephrology or whatever and you just get five and you randomly just get slotted into one that is available and that there's a research supervisor that's interested in taking you on yeah Mm. um one of my one of my good mates put down surgery as his last one and he's like doing artificial intelligence oh i love that yeah, artificial intelligence de- detecting colorectal cool. cancer. I love that so much. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I wrote an article on that kind of idea because there's so much AI looking at detecting different types of like breast cancers mm. and figuring out like what's the best treatment for this specific niche or subtype of what it, it Oh, don't get me started. I've already started, but I'll just stop. Yeah. So we have like he and I have like two different sides of the spectrum. His is like massive, like it's the kind of thing that you can't do a project at, like that size in 15 weeks and there's just way too much data and then i have like the nichest of niche topics that mm. just generated absolutely no data i have only <laughs> i have only case studies in my project i have ends of one that's all i've got <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> that sounds like a case series that's exactly I what love, it is I love- i love those published papers where it's just like n equals three <laughs> and you're like nice <laughs> I want to write that paper. 
<laughs> it do be like that. But like, what's your goal of doing the research? Is it because you're interested in the research or is it because like you want to get like a bit ahead in terms of applying for the college? Mm, I don't know. I feel like I know I need to get involved in research, but I'm hoping I'll work out what I actually want to do so it's useful because so many colleges are just like it's not useful unless it's in these specific journals and it's been done in the last five years. I currently would only do research to get ahead and have a few points under my belt but I know that I'm not going to actually enjoy it. I'm actually going to hate it very much if it's not in something I love and not in something that I actually want to do research in and work out a little niche part of. So I'm just kind of waiting to find something I would, I would love to do. And it's not like you're not doing nothing. Like you're still working and you're still doing all these other things, which at least mm. for internship stuff helps quite a fair bit. And when you get beyond that, then you can actually like invest your time in research. So there's nothing really pressing at the moment to do as in yeah. post-grad, unless like you're particularly gunning for something like Noah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I feel like that is very well established by now. Um, but do either of you feel, because I, I personally feel, and I think it might be because the Ranscog guidelines do want you to be like a, have a first authorship before you apply. Do you two feel like there's a pressure almost to have research before you even even start thinking about where you want to apply in specialty and like for sure oh my god constantly sure. it's exhausting did someone say training bubble <laughs> bottleneck crisis bottleneck bottleneck bubble <laughs> what's the bubble <laughs> i am good with words <laughs> bottleneck <laughs> the 2008 <laughs> global financial crisis that one uh, gosh anyway training bubble yeah. training bubble well, it'll pop eventually. You reckon? Uh, yeah, that's what they said about crypto. <laughs> it did when China disowned Bitcoin for a bit. Like, I'm, definitely. There was just a massive market correction, though. So I don't listen to the news. Anyway. <laughs> this is not a finance podcast. Um, we're going to move on from the stock market and talk about what we're really here for today. There's so much pressure in med school and not just to study and get good grades and get an internship in the spot that you want. All that's there. But pressure to do all this added stuff because people around us keep doing it. Do you guys feel that for like everything? I think I'm on an opposite end because I, if, I don't know if I've said this on this podcast, but I am very, very like big on GP things. So I don't feel as much pressure to go and do like big amounts of research, like take an entire year off to do like a BMED sire on honors year so I can bump up my CV so I can get onto an anesthesiology program or anything like that so I wasn't I wasn't necessarily to join I wasn't necessarily pressured to join any extracurriculars that I did during my career but I felt as if I ended up in things which I was interested in which have mostly been uh writing editing and publishing related which is how we, how I ended up being here and that has all served in my favor because I just like have the CV that I have which I'm very happy with I think it looks quite flash and it makes me very unique in comparison to lots of other different applicants. So instead of like being pressured to do things that I had to do, I just wanted, I just ended up doing things that I wanted to do, which I like and which I resonate with. And that has led to my creation of a little bit of a unique Bell CV, which is different <laughs> from the bread and butter. I, I saw something earlier today. I saw it on Twitter. Um, and I think it's like the, college i don't know some sort of icu the college that's associated with icu docs they've now included things like parental leave and like maternal um 
military service and like other things that are not med related as like CV points. Like you get a point for parental leave. And obviously that's because you, you know, being a parent requires you to have certain skills and things like that. And they're actually starting to recognize that. So I feel like some of those things like your like hobbies and things might actually start getting recognized towards being more well-rounded by the time we come to applying. Yeah. I think that's lovely. I think it's lovely. That's sort of what I was going to touch on as well, because I remember when I started undergrad and throughout, I just felt the need to constantly do extracurriculars and leadership positions that would look really good, buff it up, volunteering at the children's hospital, because I genuinely did enjoy that. But I also knew, like, let's be real, deep down, any pre-med student who does it, they want to buff up their CV. That's just being honest. Um, And I ended up actually really enjoying it. And I stayed on for much longer than I thought I would. But now I feel like in med, I'm just so tired (laughs) all the time. I feel the pressure to do all these things, but I am exhausted. And I actually haven't taken up any like leadership positions on like executive committees or anything like that in med just yet. I did some fun social things, but that was really it because I just enjoyed doing that. And I wanted to spend my time outside placement and uni just doing fun things that I love doing and that's such a smart attitude (laughs) yeah and my fun things are like you know my dance classes seeing my friends you know eating croissants every weekend (laughs) I really I have a good time f45 and f45 yes (laughs) I do at the end of every year I feel so well I used to feel so tired out from all the extracurriculars I did that I wouldn't take any more on. Mm. And then in the next year, I would somehow end up with more extracurriculars and more responsibility than I had the year before. It just happened year after year after yeah. year. And I thought I was going to have a chill, like, final year. And then it's just like, how am I busier than ever? But, like, the thing is I'm getting paid now, which is good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's the difference. You know what, Bells? You just need to put the, the previous episode's title as just one line in your CV. <laughs> That being the foreskin fumble. Oh my God. <laughs> Can you imagine putting this podcast on your like CV applying to Ranscog? Oh, I would do it. I would 100% do it. But yeah, RECGP, get excited. <laughs> I think, no, GPs, fun GPs are the best GPs. They're the ones who know that there's more to life than work and they really value that. And you can see that as a patient, you're so much more comfortable with them. Yeah. And speaking of things to do outside of med there is this one facebook group and like organization that i would highly recommend called creative careers in medicine Mm. so like if you join that group you will see all of these doctors and medical students who are pursuing creative careers outside of medicine so like going into it teaching uh writing um illustrating all of these cool things and it's just like a support group which kind of helps everyone out to like figure out how to manifest all of these like creative pursuits that you have past med. Yeah. So yeah, quick yeah. plug. Also, don't feel pressured to join it. Uh, we don't want to add to all the other pressures that you may have. <laughs> oh no, I am pressuring you to join it. Let out your creative interests. I mean, uh, just to plug that group some more, I actually found it really helpful when I was burnt out. And, you know, there were times where I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to continue with this or, you know, like having moments of doubt and just seeing that, you know, med is more than just specialty training. You can take you to so many other things that are not clinical or that are clinical um, that aren't necessarily traditional training pathways. Well, I also wanted to ask you guys, apart from like pressures to do everything else outside med and be this balanced individual who's capable of anything and everything, do you guys also feel pressured to also be very social 
And when you're really tired and everyone wants to keep catching up with you, and especially now with you guys in lockdown, like Zoom catch-ups constantly, and then your whole day goes staring at your screen, like... I don't know. I'm I'm tired. I love being social, but I'm so tired. <laughs> My favorite pastime right now is just binge watching K dramas by myself, like unbothered. Yeah. Everything on Do Not Disturb, just completely and totally. My favorite pastime is cooking while listening to audiobooks. Just like in my own space, mm. like making something really nice and tasty. I'm so glad you sound mm-hmm. more like an adult than I do. It's <laughs> really reassuring. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. The cooking is a pathway to eating because I love food. Yeah. And pasta. Pasta's so good. I oh. only feel pressured to do Zoom hangouts. I just hate Zoom. <laughs> and it is that is the most exhausting thing that I can do. It exhausts me more so than being alone. But I personally like socializing quite a fair bit Mm. i think i have somehow ended up being an extrovert and that it gives me energy to hang out with people so that is something that it's i don't feel pressure to do it i just like it yeah i feel like i'm a massive extrovert but honestly being on placement this year for the first time five days a week means i'm also not seeing my usual group of friends and so every weekend i'm scheduling people in and then i get to sunday night i was like i have not had any me time at all I love you guys, but why do I keep doing this? Also, they're going to be hearing this for the first time and they're probably going to stop texting me (laughs) to catch up for the next few weeks. Um, Please don't do that. I'll get FOMO. (laughs) I feel like all of my friends and I, we're friends because we're all homebodies. Yeah, that's true. Like, Nikki, the main thing I'll say for you is that, well, at least for me, and this is just something I've been doing perpetually because uh, Jewish Friday night things, is that Friday night I usually just have family time and then... I'm not going to be doing any work. I'll like have a Friday night dinner with the family. Then after that, it's just like me time, not really hanging out with anyone else. And like, that's my me time mm. allocated. And then the weekend is just like, see people, commitments, have fun. And then Sunday, it's just like seeing people, but also like getting ready for the week. So like meal prepping. Yeah. Can I just say, didn't you, didn't you write a cheeky article about that? Oh, you did. Oh, I did write a cheeky article when I was extremely burnt out last year during lockdown two. What are we on now? Six? I think it's six. Six? It's probably like yeah. at this point like 6.99999 recurring because it's endless. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was a brilliant Ooh. article and I actually remember reading it and taking that model and applying it for a bit. But like most things with me and trying, it just didn't last very long. <laughs> I th- so for those who didn't read the article, it was about like ensuring, like guaranteeing guilt-free time for yourself. Because like mm. especially in lockdown – as a penultimate year student, there was just like always studying all the time, but because you're not on placement, like there's extra pressure to study because like you're not on placement, what are you doing? You should be studying all the time. So I was just getting to this point where I was like studying every day and it was quite exhausting and there was no delineation between like working and recovering and resting. So I'd get burnt out and I just feel guilty about not doing any more work because I was just like, well, why aren't I working? And then the conclusion was just, like, giving yourself one day of unadulted, unfiltered, just, like, me time, not feeling guilty about anything else, Mm -hmm. which was very important for lockdown when there was no clear delineation between, like, working and resting. Yeah. It sounds sounds really bad. Like, I'm about to sound like the worst human ever. But sometimes when I... When I book out <laughs> my weekends and then my weeks go by and I've have I've had no time, I'm like, I could do with like a two day lockdown <laughs> right about that now. That is the worst. You are right. 
Yeah, I feel like such a rat. I'm so sorry. That's coming from someone who's missed so much placement because of the, like, <laughs> vaccination schedules and, like, other stuff. No, no, I want the lockdown on the weekend, so I can't, like, commit to any plans with people. I can just stay at home. It just sounds like you're looking for an excuse to get out of your social commitments. <laughs> I can't you don't need to lock down really the bad. entire bloody city. For that to happen. You just need to learn how to say no. <laughs> N- Nikki, you got to be assertive. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think <laughs> this is a me problem, not a public yeah. health problem. Okay, we get it. <laughs> Let me just call Brett Sutton really quick. <laughs> Can you tell that me and Noah got triggered very quickly? Yeah, I was Longest like, lockdown I I in the this, world, but, like, yeah, but here I'm we go. Oh, just a cheeky little two-day lockdown over the weekend. <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm so sorry, guys. I thought I should say it just so you know what my thoughts were. <laughs> it's okay. I appreciate the honesty. Yeah, always. But, um, yeah, feeling pressured yeah. and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell we are very tired. Like, I think last episode we were all mildly hyperactively delirious and... This episode, we're all hyperactively delirious. Yeah, you were just drunk. That's a good point. It was just Miss Carter. <laughs> this time, we're actually drinking tea. Um, speaking of which, what are our final thoughts on it? Wait, can I quickly show you guys something? <laughs> so, my grandfather, when he came to this country in the wee year of 97... That's the year I was born. ...got a shit ton of alcohol on the plane. <laughs> So I'm holding in my hand two tiny plain bottles of whiskey, which have like probably two shots in them, like one Maker's Mark and one Jack Daniels. It's the exact same packaging you would get nowadays. It has been unopened since 1997. You're going to drink this really nice whiskey. What nice. is that? Like 24-year-old 24 24 year aged whiskey. But it's free alcohol, so I'm going to take it. <laughs> Not right now. I just wanted to show you guys because I just thought it was so neat and wild. And it's just like, why have you've had 24 years? Like... What's the holdup? Like, what were you waiting for? He was waiting for you. Darling grandson. Anywho, back to the tea. It was great. (laughs) Four out of five. Yeah, I Mm. absolutely love this one. Always a favorite. Four and a half out of five for me. Yeah, it's a four out of five for me. Oh, guys, I've had a thought. Because we're approaching our last two episodes, do we want to take requests from our faithful listeners about, like, topics that they want us to talk about yeah i like that as we get close to the end of the season by the way we, we're doing seasons now oh yeah i feel like we really need to communicate this better to all our listeners 10 episodes a season guys and then we're going to take a bit of a break yeah what bell said we also need breaks yeah let us know if you want us to discuss anything that you think that we could shed some uneducated light on like. <laughs> or just like talk shit about yeah we probably have absolutely no idea how to answer it, but we'll try. Yeah, uh, unsol- unsolicited advice from three med students, but sure. Alrighty, that's it from us. Tea Brief is a production of MediGuild, a community which builds conversations and opportunities by and for med students and doctors. To find out more and become a member, go to our website, mediguild.com. If for whatever reason you enjoyed our ramblings, like and follow us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and do leave a cheeky review. For updates or to get in touch, follow us on Instagram at Podcast, and please do slide into our DMs with your tea recommendations. We'll be sure to review it in our next episodes. Before we go, we'd like to acknowledge that our work takes place on the unceded lands of the Turbal and Wurundjeri peoples. We pay our respect to Elders past, present, and emerging.